Hello and welcome to the Orny Podcast, not sponsored by NordVPN until we are. This is the Luke and Pete Show. Uh, I'm Pete Donaldson and I'm joined with Luke Moore. Hello. How you doing? You all right? I'm very well, thank you. Yes, sir, I was just putting my phone on silent, mate. Oh, well, Luke, because... I mean, we're in lockdown at the moment and it's very exciting that we are in a situation where we can actually see each other uh, for yes. once. We're using, a, we're using a video recording uh, technique. So I can see our lovely little jumper. You've got a lovely Game of Thrones mug, cup of tea, winter is coming. The North remembers, uh, Pete. <laughs> how many uh, how many sugars is in that? How much milk is in there? I have I have a milky tea, as regular mm. listeners to this show might remember, and as uh, my colleagues regularly tease me about, I have a milky tea, but I don't have sugar. I don't yeah. have sugar. We're, we're not savages here. <laughs> we're mainly milky boys. We're milky boys. But Big we're not milky boys. Savages. How are you, Peter? Good man, yeah, good. Um, I had a slight uh, issue uh, the, yesterday night where I, I sat down and watched a bit of telly, and then about halfway through one of the episodes of, of I think Modern Family, I sort of realised that look in my deep and distant past when I was about eighteen or nineteen, I did what can only be described as a three-hour um, well off. <laughs> a three, well, you know how. I'm not that regular, to be quite frank, but I, I did a three-hour <laughs> kind of session uh, at Woolworths in Hartlepool. Like I, I right. sat in an office, God and the man him. from Wool and the, yeah, and the man from Woolworths told me how to work in Woolworths. And now, Luke, I can't remember ever working at Woolworths, so I, I, I wow. think I'm having like a Mandela effect kind of memory of working at Woolworths or, or doing some kind of like um, session did you get for any an hour. Mix? <laughs> I just, I just, I, I remembered being trained up how to use tills, how to, you know, what to do on the shop floor. But I was, I, I've never worked for, uh, for, for, for Woolworths. What's that so, about? So, so um, back in the day, th- there was like a situation where they would hire like, supermarkets or big stores like Woolworths would hire people. They do like a funding or like a hiring round mm. and they'd get people in for the inductions. And during the induction process, they would say, that guy's going to be. A star. That guy's going to be on stock in the shelves. You know, that person's right. going to be whatever. I don't like see the how they house. saw you. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. A bit like that. Why do they yeah. see you and think that you're a, you've got tills potential? Yeah, I don't know. I just remember messing around with the till. But I don't. I don't ever remember working at uh, at Woolworths. God rest it. I, I had a situation where um, when I got back from being away traveling for a bit. Before I moved up to London, I didn't really know what I was going to do or what I wanted to do. Mm. And my mum and dad, you know, fairly. And I think I probably thought it was even fair at the time. Said to me, look, well, you're not sticking around here all day doing nothing. So go and get yourself a job. I managed to find myself a job in insurance at a, um, a what's it called? What do you call it? Like one of those kind of retail parks, like industrial estate parks. A Morrissey right? song? This hardly sounds like one. <laughs> well, trust me, heaven knew I was miserable <laughs> then. And uh, I don't, don't agree with his politics, uh, Morrissey. Um, but I don't agree he, with his genes. No. He... Uh, yeah, the jeans are big. I mean, they boot are very cut. big. Big, big bootcut boys. He constantly yeah. takes his shirt off, and he's a man of advancing years. It's it's all very uh, unedifying, isn't it? Where would you buy those jeans from? Do you reckon? I don't know. These days, I mean, this is probably the same place that Simon Cowell gets his, and he's in an he's in an awful mess at the moment. <laughs> Doesn't know what he's been doing to his face. He spends more time with his shirt off on uh, a yacht um, with his face all messed up. His, his face spends more time on bricks than it does actually performing, <laughs> doesn't it? You know what I mean? He it's looks constantly... like he's wearing a death mask of his own face. <laughs> it's so bizarre. It's just yeah. how much... Do... Like, 
I've never seen him look good, but I have seen him fucked up by the, <laughs> the, the shit that he pumps in his face. It's so I bizarre. Remember, I can remember members of my own family back in the, uh, the heady, like proper big days of Pop Idol or whatever it was, mm. um, getting angry. Right. In like a proper working class way that Simon Cowell was obviously so wealthy, yet he dressed like that. <laughs> yes, yeah. Well, you, you you frequently sort of find yourself um, sort of perusing these the high class magazines like Vanity Fair and things like that. And, and rich people invariably do not know how to dress. They either dress dress too expensively, or they dress like Mark Zuckerberg, uh, and they, and they yeah. just dress in. It's like, it's like the hoodies. clothes have been put on them. It's like yeah. the clothes have just been so like they they've all of a sudden become really wealthy, mm. and so what's happened is the clothes have just been put on them. Mm. You know, they say they say like you, you have to learn to be rich, right? You have to kind right. of get into a whole new mindset about being rich because otherwise it can make you quite unhappy. Mm. Um, that's just what I've heard. I mean, I'd have no insight into that whatsoever. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I'm already pretty unhappy, and I'm not rich, and and so you have to get into the mindset of someone who's rich. And I think what they need to do is get into the mindset of someone who knows how to wear clothes. It's like, the, it's like a bizarre like look. It is almost like they're, they're only really on nodding terms with clothes. And I'll tell you another person who yeah. falls into this bracket is Ricky Gervais is like that. Yeah, he's, he's very simplistic, isn't he? Just T-shirts. He dresses like my dad, jogging bottoms and a T-shirt. I've seen him in two striped tracksuit bottoms. Now, there is no need for that. <laughs> Absolutely no need for that, is there? Like, it's absolutely ridiculous. But anyway, yeah. so I'm on this industrial estate, and I've got this job in insurance. And my first day in the morning, you just sit around mm. watching endless PowerPoint presentations from just awful, soulless people. If you listen mm. at home, as you can imagine, imagine just tomorrow having to go to an industrial estate and – uh, and if you do, you have my sympathies if you don't enjoy it. And just sitting, not wanting to be there, but just listening to people talk at you about what you need to do in terms of insurance. I knew nothing about insurance then. I know nothing about insurance now. It got to lunchtime and I was allowed to leave the building to go to get a sandwich or something from the designated place that you could buy a sandwich from this industrial estate because it was like a purpose-built kind of development. And I just thought, I was in the queue for a mm. sandwich. I remember it now. Irish named place. I can't remember exactly what it was called. It might be O'Brien's or something. And I was in the queue and I remember it like it was yesterday. I just thought, do you know what? I'm not going back. I am not going back. And yeah. I snuck back in, got my bag, went home, realized if I, got, if I went home, my parents would be fuming with me. So I just hung around the area for a bit. <laughs> to buy myself some time <laughs> and then went home when my parents went when my parents were home and said oh you know it wasn't great and i ended up i ended up having to see out the week or something but it wasn't for me and i sometimes now forget that i even worked there so for for you to have a training morning but not remember actually ever fulfilling the brief is, is a very strange situation because you probably mm. wouldn't have even been paid for that well, it's something that I did in. Uh, I think I spoke about this before. I definitely worked in Cafe Nero for three days <laughs> you straight. Say that before you never told me that. Four before. or five hours didn't get didn't get paid. Didn't get paid for it. I just all that happened was I did induction for three days. They got three days of labour out of me in Leicester, and then and then you know just 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 went on my merry way. Didn't get the what, didn't, didn't get the job in the end. What year was that? In, in it's a Cafe Nero in Leicester back then. <laughs> yeah, about 2001, 2002, yeah. I mean, I, I, I think I've said before, I covered a woman in form, in hot form. So it's, oh, it, I, I wasn't, that, yeah. I, it wasn't ideal. But I'm fairly certain I never got paid for that. That Outrageous. was episode one of the, um, the sequel was, of course, the, 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 the 
Orthodox Jewish woman and the uh, blister. Mm, always covering up for that by hot foam. <laughs> women in hot liquid. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. The first oh, thing you lordy. said to her was, "It's foam. It's definitely it's foam. foam. <laughs> it's milky foam." Can I, can I just say? So I watched. So I saw a story uh, earlier this week about a um, a museum in Germany, which mm. had a really valuable Leonardo da Vinci painting um, returned to it. Um, and it turned out the museum didn't even know it had been stolen. Right? <laughs> Which, by the way, you would bluff you out of that if that was the case. I yeah, mean, oh yeah, definitely. Worst case scenario, you're getting an extra Da Vinci. <laughs> Don't tell them you haven't remembered it. Anyway, <laughs> and what it made me think of was um, I, I ended up, and, and you know, you sometimes get this situation where, I, I mean, I'm almost certain that devices are listening to my shit. Right, so I won't mm. even type something into a computer or a phone, and I'll get an advert for something I've just mentioned to my wife like a week ago. Right, right? yeah, that's definitely happening, right? Would you say? Yeah. I'd say it's definitely happening, hundred percent. Yeah, or it's not as bad as you think, and you just, you know, you, you're looking for the um, the easiest kind of explanation, I suppose. You, you, surely, at some point, you will have expressed a desire to buy a certain thing, or, or you've been looking at certain things online, um, that it's just kind of. Look, have a it, test. Just start talking with your wife about, I don't know, you really want to buy a new, like a rubber dinghy something, and, and see if you get served yeah, rubber okay, dinghies. Well, I'll do that. Rubber, I'll, do I'll, do, I'll do it now. I would like to buy, I would very much like to express my desire to be the owner of a rubber dinghy. And I'm saying that into my phone <laughs> right now. So we'll see if I get served adverts for rubber dinghies in my Google. Well, the reason I say it is because, and I'll come on to the main point in just a second, mm. is because... I was someone was talking to me the other day. In fact, Pete, you were involved. Right. There was a conversation that we had on the phone, only on the phone, about mm. a service called DocuSign, right? Yeah. I've never heard of it before. I've never mentioned it since. I've never right. typed it into anything. All of a sudden I'm getting adverts for it served up on the computer, <laughs> right? Anyway, right. so that's kind of the example. The other thing is I looked at this story about the Da Vinci painting being returned to this museum, and I went onto Netflix last night just to watch something. And I got served up the Da Vinci Code, right? <laughs> right, okay. The movie, right? Yeah, but you and love I, a bit of Dan Brown. That's your, well, your favourite writer. This is the myth. This is the myth that's kind of followed me around. Ironically, <laughs> right? Dan Brown should write a fucking book about it, <laughs> about the myth that I like Dan Brown. But anyway, <laughs> it got served up. So I thought, you know what? I thought, you know what? I'm going to fucking watch it. I'm going to watch the fucking thing, right? That's so all right. Start... Da Vinci Code's all right. The, the rest of them are a bit trash, but yeah. I thought it was so bad I couldn't get through it. It was all right. Come on. There's a. Can I just please say there's two bits in it which just made me laugh out loud. Bearing in mind, Ron Howard has done some good films. Yeah. Tom Hanks is a safe pair of hands. <laughs> yeah. It's got Sir Ian McKellen in it. It's got uh, right. Audrey Tattoo in it. It's got Jean Reno in it. They're all quite good actors. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's two bits in it which made me lose the will to live, and the second of those bits meant I just turned it off. The mm. first one was... We are expected to believe that a 2,000-year-old secret society of which the main um, curator of or, or kind of caretaker of has just been brutally murdered passes the key to the secret down to his granddaughter. She knows nothing about it, but don't worry about it. It turns out the address for the key is actually printed on the key itself. Fuck off. 
Right, okay, it's yeah. It's a secret that, that seems... fucking society of 2,000 years repute, and you got that far keeping secrets by printing addresses of keys on the keys themselves. Yeah, but you put the, yeah, but, the, but it's like keeping another key under the mat, isn't it? Like, you need some failsafe for someone who's a bit forgetful, I think. Do you put on your house keys your address? <laughs> no, you don't. There's a good reason for that. <laughs> no, you don't. Not even yeah. estate agents do that for crying out loud. And the second bit is the French police are chasing down these guys. They fly mm. to Britain, right? In, onto mm. a, to a secret airport, not a secret airport, but like a like a you know, private airport, like a airfield, and the, the French police speak to the British police. So the British police turn up at the airfield when they land and say, "By the way, the French police are after you guys, yeah. you fucking rotters." Yeah. To which Ian McKellen says, "Oh, um, yeah, well, we haven't done anything wrong. So uh, if you want to stop me, I'm afraid you're just going to have to shoot me." It just fucking <laughs> walks off. They don't bother fucking stopping him. Right. I don't say, do you know what? Stay here just for an hour while the French police turn up. Yeah. Uh, because we're part of the European Union arrest warrant, or we were then. Yeah. Know, heady days. And <laughs> they just let him go. It doesn't, that wouldn't happen. This is the thing. There are things that happen in films. He's a national treasure, though, isn't he? True, He's a actually. national treasure, mate. It's Imagine fucking... that. If you were a police officer and you had to go and arrest someone, it turned out to be Ian McKellen, would it make it tough? It would, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would. I'd, I'd be stealing a lot of like memorabilia and, and trinkets. <laughs> Do you like really few... want to be known as the man who um, who, who arrested Sir Ian McKellen? <laughs> must, be, must be in his late 70s by now, probably, as well. So the, the, Anyway, um... look, it took me out of it. I know you've got to right. suspend some disbelief when you're watching the movie sometimes. I actually also watched Bridge of Spies last weekend, which I thought was fantastic. Well, you've had um, a heavy Tom Hanks weekend, then, I have. You? I don't, I don't yeah. really know why, because I wouldn't call myself a Hanksophile. Would you? <laughs> uh, hankering. Did you have a hankering for a bit of Must his uh, oeuvre? Yeah. I, uh, I, I watched a film on the strength of someone's haircut over the weekend. In fact, I, I forced uh, my partner to watch it as well. Um, Miami Vice. Michael Mann's reimagining, muscular reimagining of uh, Miami <laughs> Vice, the TV show. Um, I didn't know what the hell was going on during that film. Every. <laughs> Everything apart from the key light is in darkness. You can't, you cannot figure out what the hell is going on. Yeah. Um, the the script, God knows what the script was like, because you can't hear a word anyone's saying. Because there's constant helicopters, cars, like just just noises happening, which what's means you can't figure out what's happening. Drugs, vice. I don't know. A, 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 a Cuban Chinese lady, I think, who's uh, the, in charge of something. And it's just, and I watched it just because of Colin Farrell's mullet. And I thought, that is a good head of hair. I like uh, I, I like the trailer because it had a bit of uh, Jay-Z and Linkin Park in there. And, uh, <laughs> and at some point, you're probably going to hear Crockett's theme. You didn't hear Jay-Z and uh, Linkin Park, and you certainly didn't hear Crockett's theme, annoyingly. So just let everyone What's, down, um... I think. Um, I like Colin Farrell. I think he's decent. I, I quite mm. enjoy. He's a very watchable, charismatic chap. Mm. Um, but did you get through the film? What's your general attitude? Were you stick at something to the end, or were you just? Yeah, it yeah, we watched it, but it was just, it was just, it was just impossible to watch. It was. Just, if, if anyone else can explain to me what, like, why Miami Vice got such excellent reviews, and whether uh, um, Michael Mann was still, did he make Heat? I can't remember what, he did. what films he, he kind did. of. Yeah, yeah, I think he's, he's still kind of riding high on that particular success because I just could not figure out how it got but, such good reviews. Have you ever considered, and I mean this with love, and I'm not saying it's the case, mm. but have you ever considered that your taste in things is trash? <laughs> um, 
Yeah, it is. But, but I mean, we're talking about Miami Vice, the film. It's not... <laughs> True, actually, yeah. If anything, I'd have thought that's right in your Venn diagram. It's what, not the Colours what, Red what, trilogy. What, what, stuff do you, yeah, what stuff do you know is trash, but you like anyway? Um, uh, the way I abuse eggs is quite trashy, I think. I made yeah. uh, coffee. I made egg coffee today. What? It's like a Swedish thing that you do. You just basically get your coffee beans, ground coffee beans, a couple of spoonfuls of that, mix it in with an egg and the shell, mix it in, smash up the shell, smash up the egg, and then add like hot water. For compost. <laughs> well, it is quite composty. And, uh, and you pour the hot water in, and the proteins bind the coffee together. So therefore, when you pour it out, you don't need like a cafetiere. You don't need to kind of like squish it down. You don't need to filter it because the coffee grounds and the eggshell kind of bind to the egg proteins. Oh. And uh, the Swedes use it quite a lot. And it take also really it takes the it takes the bitterness out of the coffee a little bit. It makes for quite a smooth, eggy coffee drink. It was not not unpleasant, not unpleasant to be honest. I heartily recommend it. Be honest though, are you going to do it again? No, it was a bloody mess. It was a nightmare. It was a <laughs> sludgy old uh, egg and uh, egg and coffee grounds all over the gaff. Never doing that again. Awful, awful. So idea. basically, the actual coffee you drink is separated out from the eggshell and the grounds and everything mm. like that. It's like mm. nature's nature's cafetiere, basically. Nature's cafetiere, exactly. <laughs> I've never nice, heard of right. that before. Ever. Yeah. Never I, once heard of it. It's a fr- it's a fringe uh, plan for eggs and coffee. I think I, I don't think many people do it. <laughs> are you? Are you um... Are you getting kind of um, like jaded Bored, by, the yes. whole lo- by the whole lockdown <laughs> thing now? Uh, yeah, yeah, I am actually. I mean, like, it's, um, I've 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 got a I've got a Fiat five hundred yeah. on the on the drive. Dye me air back to to dye me air back brown. Yeah. Um, I've got a Fiat 500 on the drive. I can't drive because the driving lesson. That's um, not because of lockdown. No, that's because you haven't passed your test. Yeah, I know. Well, yeah, look, I just, I just thought, well, maybe I you can familiarise myself with things. I've familiarize never had full sex with a woman. With the- <laughs> you know, it's ridiculous. <laughs> but I just thought, oh, you know, I'll familiarise familiarize myself with the controls and have a, have a little fiddle around. But yeah, it's just annoying because uh, like, I had driving test less- lessons and driving test booked. I've got a driving test booked in April, early April. And this is what, and, and, and I'm not going to be able to pass my test, am I? Or I could have a good go. Or I can just turn up with no <laughs> lessons and just have a go. Do it, it anyway. If yeah, you exactly. paid for it, do it anyway. Has anyone done yeah. that? That'd be brilliant if they had. Well, <laughs> I wonder how far you get. Just turn it. up. <laughs> I've done no lessons. I don't, you yeah. go pay for a driving test. Yeah. Go to it having had no lessons. You can't even <laughs> get in the right side of the car. I'd love to know if one person, <laughs> at least one person, has has experienced a driving test. As the first time they've ever sat in the driving seat of a car. Yeah, or oh, just rock up and wet yourself and go. Well, scary, <laughs> isn't it? Scary driving, isn't it? The reason I ask about the old uh, lockdown jaded thing is because for the first however many months of it, mm. I was always like pretty like conscious of understanding that pe- there were people out there a lot worse off than me, and yeah. trying to make sure I made a point of saying that you know I can't really complain because ultimately I can't. But now I am getting to the point where I have seen more of the inside of this spare room as I ever thought I would before. <laughs> and it's just getting so tedious. Like every day is the same. Like I was saying to I think I might have been saying to you, um, you know, I saw someone refer to the to the weekend as the two day lunch break. Like it's exactly <laughs> like that. You can't do anything. There is nothing different about it. 
So mm. all I do every day is sit in this spare room and occasionally, probably once every other day, I get to go out for a walk or a run. That is it. I sort of find myself sort of doing, like getting up at a reasonable hour and sort of like, you know, starting working quite early, you know, like eight, like nine o'clock, yeah. like quite early for what needs to be done. Uh, quite early, like nine o'clock and, 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 um, and then sort of going off the boiler around about 12, not really getting back onto it until about half one. And then it's just constant until about 10 o'clock at night. Yeah, I have no a bit of dinner and then, the end, I'm back at, and then I'm back at it. And it's just like, because there's, there's no always, you know, you know, you know, like our, our jobs, like there's always something to bloody do. There's always something yeah. to fart about with. There's always a, a shorter edit. There's always a, a shorter release or talk or, you know, plan or whatever. Yeah. So there's always something to do. And I find that, 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 that my days have just extended to like, you know, ridiculous twelve-hour days, and there's no need for it. And and um, yeah, this 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 third one, whatever we're talking about, we were talking three, uh, lockdown four, whatever. This is really starting. To get, I'm I'm arguing with my mum about Captain Tom. See, Captain Tom uh, has got uh, COVID. Sadly, he's a, obviously yeah. a very very old man, so he's a very high risk. I, I argued that it's not a great look for a man who obviously. Is a is, is a bit of a legend uh, to go to Barbados and come back with COVID, and my mum is very much of the opinion that he deserved to go to Barbados. And he can deserve to go out of Barbados, but if you're risking your health with your family to go to Barbados, and I'm having this big argument with my mum, and um, she's not backing down, I'm not backing down, and I just think we're going a bit mad. What's your old man saying about it? Uh, I, I think he'd probably. I th- my dad, my dad is a little bit like me. He. Anyone who gains notoriety for something, he always thinks they're skeletons. <laughs> so he, oh, right, probably okay. thinks, he probably thinks Captain Tom's done something dreadful in his past. We're not, I'm not saying he has. And my dad's probably not saying war. he has. Fought in a war, exactly. Sir, yeah. Sir Tom, Sir Tom, uh, did you see, I saw something really funny about that. Sir Tom um, had his uh, vaccination, right? Mm. Apparently. Did he have his vaccination? I don't know. No, I've not didn't. heard that he had. No, no. had he? Or, Right. Anyway, there was some kind of conspiracy theory online doing the rounds. What an amazing surprise! Where these anti-vaxxers yeah. and these these anti you know kind of COVID deniers, whatever, mm. were saying, you know, I bet I bet Sir T- Captain Sir Tom Moore got 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 uh, COVID from the vaccine. You know, I bet that's why he got caught it. You know, and it's, you know we talk about this, and they started sharing a load of articles about how I told you, I told you they had the vaccine, and then someone pointing out a bit further down the line that they're all sharing um, articles about Tom Jones getting the vaccine <laughs> by accident. Wait, if yeah. if Captain Tom has n- has not had the vaccine, why hasn't he had the vaccine? He should be front of the queue. He's, in, my he's in his hundreds. If someone's yeah. in their hundreds, they should be at the front yeah. of the queue. Surely that's maddening, maddening behaviour. Maybe because it, because did, didn't he travel to Barbados before the second for this most recent lockdown? So there was a travel yeah, corridor. Yeah. So I think he was allowed to go there. So that's yeah. probably why he's missed out. Yeah, well, look, and he's come back with COVID. It's not an ideal situation, but I'm very much on one side of things, and my mum is very much on the other side of things, and we're just arguing about it because because we're uh, yeah, we just I think we're just slowly going gap. mad. Yeah, did, did exactly. you, so when when you have these um when you have these kind of running battles with your um with your parents, yeah, <laughs> how do they start? Because what tends to happen with me is I'll call my mum and my dad, and I'll have a chat with them. And mm. I, I've got to the stage now where I, I don't ever really pick them up on things that I don't agree with. I'm just like, yeah, 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 fine, yeah, whatever. And, yeah. and my parents are quite liberal, and, and, they're, and they're both mm. kind of, I guess they're quite similar to me. They, they voted for Remain like I did. They, they're not like 
mad conspiracy theories. I don't spend too much time on the internet. So I guess I'm quite fortunate in that way. So it doesn't really come up that often. They don't really say much. It's just, it's just too objectionable. So I'm, I find it quite right. easy just to go, yeah, yeah, whatever. And, um, and then we're away. But with you, it starts off with a badly compressed JPEG shared by your, by your dad. Yeah. And or your mum says something you don't agree with, and then you're off. Yeah, well, I mean, he's, my dad's a bit of a me, me monster, and you know, I'm as as objectionable as they come, really. So, yeah, it's, it's usually me, to be honest, Luke. I've said something mm. uh, unimaginably bad, and uh, yeah, just just we're off to the races. Then it's great stuff. Loads does your of fun. Um, does your sister ever get involved? She's very much at the same uh, kind of political persuasion as persuasion as me, so she doesn't necessarily get involved. She's got two kids to worry about and a, and a husband. So is that what it is? Um, You've got nothing on. Is that what it is? Yeah, I've got nothing on. Yeah, I'll I'll happily get involved. <laughs> <laughs> just basically, you're metaphorically running around your family, just windmilling, seeing exactly. who wants a piece of it. Exactly, and, and someone steps up and takes a piece of the action. <laughs> correct correct <laughs> all right oh, yeah, yeah, let's yeah. have a quick break we'll come back we'll do some emails we've got a couple of good ones actually so uh look forward to that uh we'll see you just on the other side of this all right then here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This week at Sukarnov. Over at Self Care Club, Wellness Road Tested, Lauren and Nicole discussed intuitive eating and rebelling against diet culture. Actually, I'm really proud of myself that I did that because it was hard and it was bloody brave to actually stand up and say, you know what? I choose my life. I choose to have quality of life. I choose to be two dress sizes bigger and much fucking happier for it. For even more great content, there's also a brand new episode of Between the Lines with Melissa Reddy, who sat down with Borussia Mönchengladbach's assistant manager, René Marich. He talked through his journey from a football blogger to coaching one of the most exciting football teams in Europe. You always focus on the next game and you focus on every opponent, no matter which competition and uh, the level of the opposition. You always focus on each opposition the same in terms of investment of time and resources. All that and a whole lot more. And we're back. It's the Luke and Pete Show. Let's get straight into it. If you want to get into the show, hello at LukeandPeteShow.com is our email address. We're on Instagram as well. Get in touch via that. Slide into our DMs. Slide into our lives with your yeah. information. Yeah, don't do anything rude, though, because it might not be us manning the DMs. The <laughs> well, don't say that. That'll, that'll make people want to do it more. Oh, yeah. I we can take, we've seen everything. <laughs> we've seen everything on the internet, Mark. Yeah, that's uh, true. Yeah. Um, shout out to the guy who emailed us in with a load of conspiracy theory nonsense about vaccinations. 
They didn't oh, right. have the bollocks to include his own name and instead <laughs> did it from an anonymous Gmail account. Um, yeah. So you'd think so if you were that into it, you'd be able to put your name to it, right? I, I, I uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think I read that one. And, and also um, the person who explained uh, defragging to me. <laughs> um, that, that made that, that made the cut. I'm reading that email out over to on Thursday, so you can get used to it. That I found okay, that absolutely okay. fascinating. Really? Okay, yeah. fine. I thought I'd like made, I thought I'd basically said the the nuts and bolts of that email in a, in a swift ten second repost when we were talking about it last well, week on the show, but clearly your not. Your experiences your experiences of that are quite different to mine because I remember you saying a lot of stuff that I didn't understand. Right. And then this guy's emailed him with quite a really a really concise and quite informative explanation. Well, well, look forward to that, everyone, on Thursday. How to defragment, <laughs> why to defragment, and why you don't defragment anymore on our drive. How many other podcasts out there are explaining the process of a now defunct nineties piece of computer admin that needed to be done <laughs> if you were a dad, but only if you were a dad? But before you did the defrag on your PC back in the late nineties, the last kind of alert box that came up would say and can you please just finally confirm that you are a dad? And you have to click yes. Yeah. And yeah. then only then defrag. Do you know do you know what setting the thermostat is on right now? Yeah. Do you are you playing dire straits in the background? <laughs> what's the what's the most what are the most and I've got an email here and I will come on to it, but what are the most archetypal dad behaviours? I would say listen to dire straits and or Pink Floyd. Right, yeah. Constant or would you say almost like the Nazification of the of the thermostat in the house? Yeah, yeah. I'd also go yeah, anything like the the, the, the shower was always a big one in our house. My my dad was obsessed right. with you had to run cool water through the shower after you'd finished so that the um so that really? the uh, heating elements would uh, wouldn't crack or whatever. And I've I'm never like, heard that, that before. No, yeah, I mean I'm sure there's a good reason to do it. But you'd think if you'd run you were running hot and cold, hot and cold really quickly, it would uh, it would shorten the life of your of your heating elements. That <laughs> sounds know. like something that's completely made up. <laughs> it doesn't it? So it's, 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 he's basically defragmenting a, a shower. That's what he's trying yeah. to do. Is that what dads do? They just try and defragment everything. <laughs> they just want order. They're trying to find order in a house that just has none because it's 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 their goddamn house. I would say um, with my dad, the lottery. Um, he had oh, a, yeah? he had an obsession when the lottery came in. He, he had an obsession, a deep obsession with winning the lottery. Um, yeah. His lottery numbers, his uh, team's lottery numbers at work. So yeah, a lot of that business going on. Yeah, my dad's obsessed. My dad was also obsessed with mobile phones. Oh, like, really? Okay. Into them. Yeah, just into them. Like Not really in like a proper detailed way, but just like always wants to have a look at the uh, the phone and, and upgrade to the latest one as quick as he can. Ah, uh, that's quite also, modern. Um, is, it, is it a dad thing to have everything in its right place in the right order? Um, they like to think so, don't they? And then you look at their yeah. tool toolbox and it's just an absolute shit show in, in there. I got a, I got a text from my dad earlier, no, no joke, and it literally said, um, "I'm going to paint you a bench. What colour would you like it?" <laughs> my dad's making us a bench for the garden. Uh, oh, so that that's is nice. Good, that's good dad behaviour as well. Get in touch. Hello at lukeandpeacher.com with your best dad behaviour. Um, is it is it um, going to come come up in pieces and you're going to assemble it or is no? He's, he's going. He, I think he's good. I think he's going to properly assemble it himself. I think he's going to put it together. I, I don't think I would be able to assemble it, so it's going to have to be him. Mm. Have you got an email lined up, or do you want me to do this one about migraines? Uh, yeah, bashing with the migraine chat. All good. All right. So I said didn't I last week that I had a migraine and. Um, I was asking if people had had their own different migraine symptoms because they are like a fascinating area. Or mm. maybe I am just turning into a dad. Um, but uh, Matt has said the following. Hi, guys. Enjoyed the chat about migraines. <laughs> <laughs> 
As a sufferer since my teens, I wanted to share my experience of my first migraine, which started when I was in year nine physics. So that is what, 14 years old? In the middle of a very boring session where pages of notes were being dictated by the teacher for us to write down. I mean, Matt goes on to say the following sentence. I'm pretty capable academically. <laughs> uh, and I feel like he should be teased for that. Um, yeah, I, well, I, c- I can handle myself in the world of, in the <laughs> arena of thought. Is that what he's saying? Yeah, that's what he's saying, yeah. Right. And he says, I went on to get an English degree some years later. So it came as a surprise when I started to become unable to spell the simplest words in the notes. And I would also add to that, Matt, the, an English degree is the easiest of all the degrees, in my opinion. <laughs> it doesn't mean you can spell frequently. Like English lit degrees, True. there's a lot of people I know that have got those and they, and they cannot spell or use correct grammar. But it's the only proper. subject in which you've already got a basis of knowledge in it, by definition. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do you know what I mean? More of, like, yeah, more of that, please, I guess. Yeah. You don't yeah. learn, like, physics when you're three, but you do learn English. <laughs> so well, I, feel, I guess I you, 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 you enjoy the effects of it, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> true. Um, anyway, Matt says, so it came as a surprise when I started to become unable to spell the simplest words in the notes. As concerned as I was, I was less concerned than my teacher uh, was when I raised my hand to say I wasn't feeling well, only to find that I'd also lost the ability to speak. (laughs) Somewhere between my brain and my mouth, the words became garbled and came out as complete nonsense. What I now know to be the first signs of an oncoming migraine were, at the time, terrifying for both myself and the teacher, who admitted in the next lesson he thought I was having a stroke. Brackets, a man of science, let's not forget. Um... For the next few years, these attacks came every few months and included very specific symptoms in the same order each time. Number one, inability to write or speak coherently. Number two, numbness and tingling down the left side of my face, including tongue and left arm. Number three, flashing lights and partial blindness in my vision. Number four, excruciatingly painful headaches, which would last around 12 hours, followed by the classic nausea and sensitivity to light for a couple of days. Thankfully, these attacks have become far less frequent, and I now have one every few years, and they're much more mild. However, I'm understandably annoyed when someone near me gets a slight headache and claims they have a a migraine. Um, Mm. All I want to do is quote Pirates of the Caribbean and whisper, you know nothing of hell. Kind regards, (laughs) Matt. So some interesting symptoms there, Pete. I mean, it, 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 it was like you said last week, I, I cannot believe um, that uh, you are able to experience those those symptoms and then um, not be in A&E going, I'm dying, I'm dying, help. I can yeah. see lights. <laughs> Things feel, are vibrating. They feel like symptoms of something that would be much more serious. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I, bit, I, I, honestly. bad. It's horrible. It's chilling. It's, it, but I, I, someone was talking about... Um, covid yesterday and, and they were sort of saying obviously it's not it, it's not as um as uh, as easy to deal with as flu but what people kind of forget about flu is that most people don't get flu no. <laughs> you know what i mean flu can affect people can have like a long leg it can it can affect people for three months after they've had it and it does last for weeks on end it can be as debilitating as the milder forms of covid so it's like people are sort of saying oh it's just it's just flu it's obviously much more serious than that and the, the death rate is way higher but oh, I, th- Pete, I think when people conversely say that, i think they, they base- people so as you say they, they they mean the cold when someone says yeah, that, they, they, do they, the, yeah. They, they mean the cold don't they yeah 
Yeah, no, I completely agree. And and because because flu, I think I've had it twice in my life. It is rancid. It's like I've only had food po- food poisoning twice in my life, and it's rancid. It, it it's like nothing that I have ever experienced before. It's horrible, absolutely. Yeah, horrible. I had um I had a, I had a food poisoning from a burger van outside White Hart Lane once, right? Mm. And um, <laughs> it was so bad that I can remember it was around maybe March or April. And there was a, I think it was, the, I think it was around when Bradford City got to the League Cup final. And I think they right. were beaten by Swansea. And it was when Michael Loudrop Swansea won the League Cup. So whatever year that was, in either the semi or the quarter final, Bradford knocked out Arsenal. And I remember really wanting to watch the game. It was on TV, and that was when I had food poisoning. And the food poisoning was so bad, I couldn't actually get from the bedroom to the living room. Hmm. It was right, that okay. bad. Like I had yeah. to listen to it on the radio because I couldn't move. Yeah, it's it's horrible, absolutely horrible, absolutely mm. debilitating. I just, so, yeah, it's. It, I would never want, ever, ever want a a a, a migraine. I just, I just think they sound absolutely rancid. Uh, should we squeeze in a quick email before we uh, shuffle off? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, all right, cool. Uh, we got one from who have we got here? Um, yeah, uh, well, just um, just Adam, um, a long overdue Pete Chinese food update. Uh, can we get an update on whether Pete has managed to find a replacement Chinese in his new pastures? Yeah, uh, and if he's still fueling himself for half the week with one order, everyone deserves a great local succulent Chinese meal, and indeed a great local succulent Chinese meal uh, story. Yes, I uh, have found one, and I get my little scooter and I tootle up to it and I collect it and. Um, I don't know whether it's a Chinese. You're not a deliverer uh, yourself. Yeah, no, exactly. I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm a deliverer guy. You got a jacket? Um, and I'd love a jacket. Apparently, a lot of like East Londoners were like getting taking a couple of days out and being a delivery driver just so they can get the jacket because they're quite cool. The reflectiveness is like really kind of like space age and stuff. They, you know, they've got the raves in them and stuff. Tragic as that in my entire life. (laughs) They would go get got the rave in them. Yeah, they were they were they were not to those hype beasts. They were uh, they were they were very attractive. But yeah, um, yeah. So. yeah, I have, and I, I pop up that I popped up on there on uh, I think Friday it was, and uh, it was just a bit of a bit of a mess really because people, some people weren't wearing masks, some people didn't really know, um, some people were so, everyone was sort of in a crescent outside the Chinese, some people were going, "Have you ordered? Are you collecting? Did you phone oh, up earlier?" Killer. And there was no system, there was yeah, no system, system, Luke. It was very upsetting. What did you do then? Well, I finally got my food, and I managed to. Um, you know, eat it over over two days. I had it for um, yesterday. The, 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 sorry, the, the the day after's um, sort of lunchtime. So yeah, did it, it did in me the, quite um, well. Spare room because of it or what? <laughs> I didn't. No, no, I didn't. There's a, um, there's a there's a takeaway place near me. It does like it's one of those places that does um, kebabs, fish and chips, burgers, all that stuff, right? And ordinary, mm. I would never get fish and chips from there because I prefer a dedicated mm. place. Yeah, but this guy who runs this place—he's a really nice guy. He's like, he's like a bit of a pillar of the local community, and um, he's really friendly. I, I used to go in there occasionally on the way back from when I used to do a later night radio show. So he'd be the only place still open. I grab some food on the way back, and I used to get chatting to him, particularly if it wasn't a weekend night because it wouldn't be that busy. Yeah, and uh, he's a—he's a really good guy. And I saw him. Um, I was out for a walk the other night, and I walked past it and I heard a bit of commotion, and I saw, and he's. He's hard. He's probably about mm. my height, but he's muscly and he's got a proper mm. Elvis haircut. Um, <laughs> I think he might be Turkish, but he's got a great Elvis haircut. Yeah. And um, I heard a bit of commotion and he was absolutely berating two uh, younger lads who didn't have marks on 
basically tell him to get the fuck out of his shop and never, <laughs> and never come back again. And, and in, the, in the middle of it, he like looked over and just gave me a quick wave, and I kind of waved back, and he just carried on with his <laughs> carried on with his verbal assault. Yeah. Good must, on him. I, I, I think you must become if you were to run like if any adult human being was to run that kind of city based takeaway yeah. fast food Saturday place, night hell yeah. spot. You just become hard, wouldn't you? I think you should be allowed to go in the Marines if you want. Like after that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it should count as experience as relevant experience I think, yeah I think I think that's on the job training quite frankly that's like you know do, do you would you like to fight um, ISIS now yeah yeah I don't want I don't want the machine gun I'll just use this big knife that I use to cut, cut the meat <laughs> yeah exactly exactly <laughs> the things choice. they have seen my god Oh mate, oh, it'll yeah, be. Right. I told you, my friend used to live opposite one, and we used to sit there looking out the window off his little balcony every Friday and Saturday mm. night having a smoke. It was absolutely brilliant because the amount of stuff that would yeah. go on, like it was incredible, oh, to, it's incredible just to watch. Insanity, absolutely. Anyway, insanity. let's get out of here. Uh, we'll be back on Thursday with yeah. the next episode of this unplanned nonsense. We've been stuck around for quite a long time today. Um, we must have nothing yeah. else on. No, we haven't because none of us can leave the house. Um, we'll see you on Thursday. Uh, do uh, leave us a review on the old Apple podcasts and do check us out on Instagram at Luke and Pete Show. Producer Nat does a brilliant job of that as well. And um, if you want to get in touch, hello at com is the email address for anything you want to talk about, any subjects you've got to suggest, anything you've heard today that you might want to respond to. Um, And yeah, we look forward to hearing from you over there as well. Say goodbye, Peter. Goodbye. (laughs) Goodbye from me as well. This was a Stakhanov production and part of the Acast Creative Network.